Bonjour from Paris. Uh, I haven't been to Paris since I was 13. I came with my grandparents for one night. I made them come. And that's after we went to, we, you know, we traveled throughout Germany and then Venice. And it's like, let's go to Paris. Well, Paris, as a 37-year-old on my own, has uh, it had low expectations, honestly. I didn't know what to expect. I've read about Paris. I've read about French artists, designers, filmmakers for the better part of two decades and never really had the inclination to come unless I was coming on something like a honeymoon or an engagement. But I'm here and I'm here by myself and uh, this might be the best city in the world. It's a city that breathes culture and it breathes, uh, you know, it's a city of lights, but it breathes um, life. You walk around, you're like, I can't believe people live here. Everywhere you walk, there's history. There's another building. There's a building from the Renaissance. There's a building from the Revolution. Um, it, it, it's almost overwhelming. And then you look to the right and you realize that there's the Luxembourg Hardens. And uh, you can just get, get a baguette and sit in the grass and just enjoy the day. It's, um, it, it's you know, New York does remind me a little bit of Paris in, in some ways. And so does Washington, D.C., almost like a uh, Americanized version of how do we make a version of Paris in America? And that makes sense because the French were very involved uh, after the revolution or during the Revolutionary War. But Paris is very special. And uh, I'm finding myself as I walk around just with a big smile on my on my face and Everyone small bop in and say, "Hey, can I get a shot of espresso?" Or, "Hey, can I uh, get a glass of Bordeaux or a Sancerre or Syrah?" And let me tell you, I can't speak French. It's awful. Um, more on that later. But um, yeah, for, Paris is great. It's uh, blowing my mind, and uh, I have more to talk about in this episode. But um, it's a place that I look out my window in my hotel room and I'm looking at the Pantheon and I, I don't even know what the Pantheon is. I know it is in Rome, uh, but not here. And it's, there's almost like an overwhelming amount of things to do in the city that you just want to walk around and, and, and just breathe it in. It doesn't really sleep. Uh, I was walking around last night and even at nine o'clock I said, uh, I need to go get a glass of wine and just sit outside. And I know that sounds really early for some and really late for others, but it felt like the right time. And I, I came home and uh, I thought that that was probably the best eight hours I've had in, in years. It's just amazing. Uh, more to come on that. But uh, yeah, Paris, it's great. First off, uh, an observation or two or three. First one is uh, AirPods aren't really a thing here. Um, they're around, but not a must-have like they are in the States. Uh, I don't see many people walking around with them, and it really surprises me. Second observation. If you thought Air Force Ones were popular in America, they're even more popular here. Everyone is wearing them. It kind of blows my mind. Third observation. Just an insane range and usage of typography on cafes, cinemas, public buildings, museums. It's everywhere. It's awesome. And I don't know about you, but I'm completely over the Brooklynification using Helvetica across America. Um, it's really nice to see slabs, serifs, um, hand-drawn, handwriting, mono. 
it, it is just wonderful all over Paris, different typography, signaling different things, signaling different moods, different color. It, it's, um, it makes me happy. Last, French, the most beautiful of languages. Yeah, it's a language that makes me feel dumber than I've ever felt before, probably. Um, trying to order food and ask a simple question, the awkwardness is akin to sixth grade dances asking if someone wants to dance. It is, you know, they know what you're going to ask, and they know that you're not good at it. Painful. Oh, well. Um, hit my music. Quick reminder, this is all being recorded and produced from my phone uh, by myself. I'm not spending any time editing it, and uh, I want it to sound raw. So uh, it will not and does not sound perfect, and that's kind of the point. Cool? Cool. Uh, woke up yesterday. It is, uh, I'm doing this right now on Saturday afternoon, but uh, woke up yesterday in Lyon and uh, took the TVG train, which is the fast train made famous in Mission Impossible. You know, the... Uh, Red light, green light scene. It's awesome. Took it from Lyon to Paris. Uh, no one checked my ticket. I was pretty bummed because I had to go to the trouble of getting it printed off because the French are really big on not PDFs. They want you to print off things and it's a pain in the butt. But uh, yeah, no one looked at it. Um, train was super fast, hour and a half. Uh, got into Paris, immediately went to the hotel. It's a quaint hotel right by the Pantheon. Um, near St. Germain, which is, I think, uh, in the sixth R. Um, then got ready and immediately went to the Louvre. Uh, a lot of people have told me don't go to the Louvre, or if you do, um, go early in the morning or late at night. Uh, I went at four o'clock as part of a tour. Um, I don't know why I booked the tour, but I did, and it was English speaking and it was awesome. Um, the biggest museum in the entire world, nine million visitors a year. Um, opened in 1793 as a museum. That's after the Revolution. Um, and previously was a uh, residence palace uh, for many kings, including Louis XIV. Um, I am Pi, designed the pyramid. Uh, the question that the tour guide, William, asked everyone uh, is, do you like it? Which made me think that everyone hates it. I think it's beautiful. I think it's awesome. Um, so... It was great. We went through the first place we went was uh, through the antiquities, um, classical classics region. Um, you know, most of them are Renaissance uh, sculptures that harken back to ancient Greece and ancient Rome. Um, if you want to see real Greek or Roman uh, sculptures, go to Athens, then go to Rome. Athens is best. Rome would be second best. Um, Venus de Milo is here. It's a pretty unbelievable piece of uh, sculpture, and that was really one of the only um, large Greek statues that they had. Um, eventually, we went to Apollo's Gallery, which uh, joins the original Louvre and Catherine de Medici's um, palace. Apologies for my French. It sucks. Um, this was done by the Sun King, Louis XIV. It took about a century to finish. Uh, the roof continue, continuously leaked for decades upon decades. Uh, but, um, yeah, it was just wonderful to see, like, the ornate gold uh, adornments everywhere, um, paintings on the ceiling. It really is just – there's nothing like it in the States, that's for sure. Um, 
and then from there we went to uh the more um i don't want to say modern but it was the uh renaissance paintings where we saw da vinci's um they had four da vinci's uh 14 to 15 of those in existence i say 14 to 15 because they don't know if one or two of them are even though people spend 500 million uh in the middle east on them we don't know um they were all done for the church for the most part um Da Vinci was an atheist, so that created some issues, but the church purchased them. Um, it was very interesting to see the Mona Lisa. I've been told, you know, she's so small and she looks like a post, like it's a postage stamp. And actually she wasn't nearly as small as I thought. Um, was it a whole production? Absolutely. Is it the best piece of art I've ever seen? Hardly. But I'm glad I went and checked it out. Um, you know, it's a good example of when the when the legend is bigger than the the truth, or than you know the actual work. Um, print the legend. Ultimately, it's the story of a, an Italian who wanted to bring the Italian janitor at the Louvre in the uh, 19-teens, who wanted to bring Italian art back home. And um, one night, he took one of the pieces that uh, Da Vinci had painted and it was one of the only ones he could actually carry he took it out of the Louvre uh, no one thought it was missing no one noticed it was missing for days um, and then by the time they realized it was missing uh, the I mean frankly this is kind of genius the public relations people at the Louvre realized um, the best way to tell the story was to act as if this is the most one of the most important pieces of art in our museum um so uh eventually the italian man tried to sell it um a few years later and they recovered uh their favorite piece um obviously there are no impressionists in the louvre that is at musée de, de orsay uh again uh, apologies for my French. Um, so most of the artwork stops in uh, 1848. It is fascinating walking through the Louvre, seeing all of the uh, Napoleon and his uh, nephew, Napoleon III's influence on the arts. Um, Napoleon wanted to be not just a king, um, but an emperor. So there's a lot of um, deification. You, you know, it's almost like he was a Roman god. Um, and yet, like, they still, there's a few paintings of him, and he looks just totally ridiculous. Um, anyways, um, after the Louvre, uh, I went to Café de Flore. Um, some friends of mine suggested that, and I appreciate it. It was wonderful. Enjoyed two glasses of Bordeaux, a café, uh, and then a ham and cheese sandwich, uh, followed by a lovely walk. Um, then went for a nightcap and slept. I should also add uh, the Louvre line was really not bad. It was nowhere near as crowded to the point where our guide kept on saying, I can't believe it's not this crowded. Um, so I'm pretty pleased with that. Uh, on to day two, I slept in. I've been getting some weird sleep. And so it was really nice to wake up and look at my phone and realize it was nine o'clock. Uh, woke up, Ubered, took my first Uber in any of these cities uh, to the Eiffel Tower, got a wonderful cappuccino and a croissant. And uh, followed that up with another shot of espresso. Uh, then had lunch at Le Closet. Um, 
wild that restaurants open at noon for lunch, but uh, it was wonderful. Had a Bordeaux, lobster bisque, and a Caesar salad. Excellent. From there, I walked uh, to Musée de Augerie. Um This is the permanent home of Monet's Water Lilies, uh, two full rooms of Water Lilies. It's uh, almost like in an eight, uh, like the, the figure. Uh, those two rooms are both oval, and um, it's pretty remarkable. I don't think I've actually ever seen anything like it. Um, it might be one of my favorite museums, if not my favorite museum I've ever visited, uh, 11 Euro. And I stayed for a couple hours taking in all of the paintings. Actually, before you walk into the rooms, it suggests, or actually it, it asks that everyone be quiet. Uh, it's a meditation room. So, uh, you know, they got the vibes right. Um, honestly, there should be longer lines at this museum at the Angere, um, then at the Louvre. It, it's just remarkable. Um, in the floor below the Monet water lily rooms uh, was art dealer collector Paul Guillaume's collection, which included Cezanne's, Matisse, uh, Renoir's, and of course, Picasso's, uh, mostly art from the early 1900s until his death in 1934. Um, it was just incredible. I had planned to walk from there to Museum de Arte, and um, it was just too much for the day. I've walked a lot already. I've got six miles in, and uh, I have a big dinner at six o'clock tonight, which is really early, followed by a nightcap at uh, Bar Hemingway. So I decided to just walk back uh, to the hotel, which was probably three miles from from the uh, museum. Um, Really excited for tonight, and uh, I really like cannot recommend that museum de Augerie. Um, I'm butchering the French really bad uh, enough. It was just remarkable, and I've said that now three times as well. But um, yeah, I uh, hope to have more updates tomorrow. I'll be in Paris uh, until Monday morning, and then I am getting on the TVG. In, and taking the channel, which is going to be great, uh, and going to London. So uh, until my next recording, uh, I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend and stays safe, and uh, I'll talk to you all soon. Ciao.